Hi, you're listening to Global Skycast, the show that brings you all of the most up-to-date aviation news, interviews, and insight from around the world. Good afternoon and welcome to another Global Sky Media, Global Skycast. My name is Alan Davis. I'm the editor-in-chief here at Global Sky Media. Delighted to be rejoined today by Thomas Redder of Spectrum Aeromed. Thomas, how are you? Good. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm very well, very well. And I mentioned rejoined because, of course, we spoke probably about a, a year ago, I think it was, mm-hmm. when we were sort of certainly here in Asia, we were sort of in the in the height of our COVID pandemic problems going on. It seems like most of the rest of the world has sort of come away from all of the restrictions that were in place. And we were talking just before we started recording uh, about how Hong Kong has started lifting its quarantines. How has 2022 been? Has it, has it made much of a difference to your business? Well, 2022 for us was still is a quite successful year. We see increased demands, raise awareness was raised for the needs of more patient transports, people expecting people persons to travel again more frequently. So everyone is in a up note and hopes that the business comes back. We have most European countries, US and, and many countries in the world, even Asia, Indonesia and Malaysia, those countries opened up mid of the year. So this is definitely making a lot of our customers very positive for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And then speaking about Asia, and of course, we're certainly my company is based in Asia. Um, are you seeing, you're seeing much activity, much traffic happening across the region? We get more and more requests. Everyone is carefully optimistic. It's now a high season where a lot of tourists go to Thailand, um, come to Asia, and people still waiting a little bit to see how the recovery, how well the recovery is. But the market outlook is optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. But is it is it causing you any difficulties? Because of course, I think you um, you need aircraft, of course, to put your your equipment on, um, yes. and it's um, sort of trending. It's actually trend, probably trending away from the seller's market at the moment. But certainly the last. 12 months or so has been a seller's market where it's been difficult for, for people to find a good aircraft yeah. to buy. Have you, has that had any impact on your business? It does. We never had so many projects that moved to the right just simply because aircraft prices went up and the business case did no longer work out. Or even finding an airframe um, suitable to install Medivac systems and use it for Medivac operation was very difficult for a lot of customers. On the other hand, Sometimes we have medical crews who are the customer and they charter the aircraft from the owner or arrange an agreement with the owner. And what happened is that the owner bought a new aircraft. They started planning on implementing it. And what happened is six weeks or eight weeks later, when it was a seller's market, and I think it still is a seller's market, to be honest, the owner sold the aircraft again before they even installed the system. It's crazy because he was able to mark up the prices that much. So that's something I'm now with Spectrum since over 10 years. And that's something that happened to me this year a couple of times. And I've never seen something like this before. That's crazy, isn't it? Crazy yeah. that so many people are willing to pay so much more for, for aircraft. You mentioned suitable aircraft mm-hmm. earlier on. When you said that, did you mean suitable to the to the individual uh, or suitable to the, to the Spectrum equipment? I mean, it's, it's a factor of... It's several factors. A suitable aircraft for us typically has a certain age. Quite often we see operators who who fly the aircraft first in a VIP configuration. And when the aircraft hits a certain age and gets older, they say, well, it's 
not really marketable on the VIP market anymore. And then they convert it into and give it a second life and convert it into an air ambulance, something that was very popular. Typically, we have seen a aircraft ages of 10, 12 years. Instead of going through an extensive refurbishment, some operators just install a, a air ambulance system and, and use this aircraft for the, the aircraft for this purpose. And this is something that at the height of the demand when air, airlines were still very restricted flying, overcrowded schedule, um, we had the discussion about baggage just getting stranded in London airport. That was a time where charter operators said, I still can use the aircraft. There is no need for me to convert it into an air ambulance at this stage. And what now is difficult for a lot of our customers is you always need to have an airframe that, let's say, allows you to install the Medivac system and load the patient. You can, of course, use a Gulfstream, for example. And Gulfstream is a perfect example. If you if it has a forward galley, it's more complicated to convert it into an air ambulance than Gulfstreams with an aft galley, which is a operator who uses this airframe for to sell it to insurance companies. Makes it quite a big difference when the aircraft or the business plan will become profitable. And that's another that's another thing at the moment with rising cost for buying an aircraft, whether it's used aircraft or new aircraft. It has a and higher financing costs. It has big influence on on what aircrafts are available and suitable to meet the business purpose. Did you yeah. see many um, charter operators converting their aircraft during the pandemic for aeromedical use instead? At the beginning of the pandemic, there was a big demand for it because everyone said, "Well, Medivac flights are the only flights we will be able to operate in the coming months." But then they found out pretty fast that in order to get the operation going, it adds complexity. So you you do not have to, sometimes you do not have a patient who can walk to the aircraft. So you need to coordinate with a medical team. You need to coordinate a hospital bed quite often. You pick a, a patient up in a hospital, bring it to a different country. You need to have a hospital bed you bring the patient to. So that's a lot of complexity. And especially during the pandemic when Hospitals were closed because of the pandemic. International travel was still difficult. They started to realize it's more complex than originally thought, then focused again on flying passengers and filled the gap the airlines left. Or even what we see from customers who fly both missions, patients and passengers, they say even smaller sized companies start now using private jets because they cannot bring their management to different production sites, for example, because the airline does not fly there. Or they don't want their staff to connect at a, another airport. In Europe, for example, a lot of production is done in Eastern Europe. German companies having production sites in Eastern Europe. So typically, they fly to, let's say, Prague and then connect to an onward flight somewhere else in the Czech Republic. So those operations were quite difficult. So they picked smaller airports and chartered a plane to bring the staff to the production site. And that's the gap most of our customers filled all over the world. I was, I was actually going to ask you, you kind of ruined my second question and all my follow-up yeah. questions. So <laughs> I was going to ask you if if many of those charter operators that had converted their aircraft to aeromedical had kept mm -hmm. them now that some now that the pandemic has sort of started to subside around the world. But I, I guess the answer yeah. to that is, is mostly no. No, yeah, because there were not many that converted. 
And actually, I see a trend because the, the complexity got so high with all the pandemic rules and disinfection rules and how to transport disinfected infectious patients that I my feeling is there is in the industry at the moment a consolidation towards more professional operators who actually dedicate their aircrafts to medivac operations. There is a certain trend in this direction that we see. First, and that does not mean that we're losing our charter operators, but typically the charter operator starts now separating. He has an aircraft he uses for medivac and he has aircrafts he uses for passenger transport. They're not sort of uh, conver quickly yeah. convertible the, aircraft. Correct. Those single or two aircraft operators who say when, when needed, I put a, a medivac system in and fly a patient. It's kind of disappearing. And so forgive my ignorance. I've never actually genuinely put much thought into it. But the, the aero, um, the medivac aircraft, do they operate under a part 135 certificate? Is it a general sort of charter certificate that they operate under? Or do they have to be certificated differently? No, it's like a commercial airline. I think it's 135 operator or yeah. an AOC holder. There are specific cases where, let's say, multinational companies use corporate aircraft. And then it's part 91, I guess. 91, uh, yeah. That's also an option, but it's not a standard case. It's really an exemption. Yeah. yeah. But you need to, you need to, and, and illegal charter and stuff is the same discussion we have with air ambulance operators. And do you think that happens much? And that's even more scary than, than ferrying <laughs> somebody to a party in the south of France, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not hearing that it is a lot, but I know cases where this happens. And yeah, most of the time when people get sick and someone says, well, I have a plane and I fly you to a different location and evacuate. Quite often the thought is good, but the question is, how do you qualify the transport and who pays for it? And what is the level of quality they provide? And, and we have actually, I have, especially in Asia, a lot of discussions with so-called assistance companies. Those are the link between patient and um, the insurance or the insurance who finally pays for the transport. And they ask me, do you know new operators who meet an acceptable level of quality? And it's it's challenging sometimes. And But if you have a heart attack on a remote island and need to be evacuated, you take what you get, I guess. Yeah, not saying that's, that's right, but you take what you get. But is then the doctor who treats you, is he qualified to treat you? Does he understand that a patient's condition at a certain cabin altitude might be different than in a ground hospital? Also, of Those course, are there's, all. there's less chance of having uh, the proper medical equipment on board uh, an aircraft yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, how to prepare those. Cabin altitude of 8,000 feet, it's like sitting on the top of a mountain. Oxygen saturation is different than on ground level. All those questions, how well is the doctor trained for it? If, if it's, is he qualified to treat a patient? Because it's quite often you need to be highly, highly, highly trained because, and, and a specialist in a certain area. A lot of our customers take anesthesiologists, but I'm not saying a general practitioner can't do it, but is, he, is he experienced yeah. in emergency medicine enough to, to provide the same level of care? It's questionable. Mm, I mean, he's still a doctor. Certainly doctors can be trained and go through extensive training, but um, you're alone in the sky. <laughs>
there's not a, a colleague you can call. It's, you're sitting there with the patient for multiple hours, need to take care of him. Just sort of shifting track very slightly. Mm-hmm. Is it now, now that we are effectively out of, uh, out of the COVID woods, or pretty much mm-hmm. out of the COVID woods, have you seen uh, have you seen a shift in your equipment that people are wanting to install on aircraft? The standard requirements of getting lighter, easier to use, is also applicable to air ambulance requirements. We see a trend towards more sophisticated um, systems and medical operations. It's not only that you fly a ventilated patient, for example. Now we're looking at ECMO transport, where an external machine takes over the function of your lung and your heart. This is something that I would say five, six, seven years ago was very rare, but it seems to become the norm now. A lot of operators want to have this capability, and this has an influence on the amount of oxygen you need to bring on board, the amount of medical devices you need to have on board. It's quite quite impressive and has very special requirements on where to mount because certain devices do not must not be below the heart um, level of the patient. So it's it has an influence on our setup we provide to the customer. Oxygen, very big topic at the moment in the industry. In Europe, we have huge discussions about the safety of oxygen. In US, there is a strong demand for replacing gaseous oxygen by um, liquid oxygen, which has the advantage that you can carry way more quantities because in in the same size of bottle, you get double the quantity of oxygen. Those are trends we're currently monitoring very carefully and and amend our STCs and, and, and certifications. And is there any sort of new equipment you're working on at the moment in the background? Spectrum Aramid has developed a new system, <laughs> in fact, and already certified on the Pilatus PC-12. It's now the certification is going on for the King Air series. Um, those were the first aircrafts be installed. It's and it's a more innovative solution, easier to install, 20% less weight than our parent system, and comes with a lot of additional. It looks like smaller changes, but actually quite important changes for us because it meets a lot of the European requirements and and which and international requirements for enunciators for electric power quantity indicators additional power outlets easier to operate different size stretches we have put a lot of additional work into it to meet the future requirements absolutely and you mentioned the king air are there other aircraft that you're working on um, um, what we are aiming for is we started with the PC-12 and, and the King Airs, but over time we will roll out this module over our, all our STCs. So it will be available in the Challengers, in the Gulf Streams, in whatever airframe we have currently certified already. Perfect. Um, I think this will be the, the perfect moment um, to end the conversation. So Thomas, in that case, I'd like to thank you once again for, for joining us once more. I always appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Perfect. Thanks, Thomas. Take care. Have a nice day. Talk soon. Bye.